morning. Uh, my name's Mike, I'm sharing uh, today, just down for the weekend, which is great. Um, if we can put the slide up, this is, you might recognise that as Italian. We have a 15-year-old son who's going into year 11 this year. Uh, and so he wants to do Italian next year. Uh, and one of the good things about that, it gets him out of chemistry. So he's learning, starts learning, learns X number of words a day. He's got this app. So even we, we went on holidays to Sydney to see my family, haven't seen for a while. He takes this app with him. He's learning these words, getting ready for, um, for learning Italian next year. He's quite keen in that way. Uh, we even lined up a potential tutor because he wants to do that. Uh, so I thought, wow, he's going to be speaking Italian. A couple of weeks later, he said, I'm not doing Italian now. <laughs> I've switched to some other subject. I said, okay, all that effort, starting off, getting the app, learning these words, and now he's not going to do it. It was just a start, but he didn't follow it through. It didn't come to completion. A bit disappointing, but then I think I look back on my life, you know. Uh, I remember when I was 10, I got this book, and in it there were these Spanish words, and I thought, I'm going to learn Spanish. Uh, and so I, I, was, I learned the alphabet, learned some phrases, and I thought in 40 years' time or so, I'll be speaking fluent Spanish. 40 years have come and gone. I can't speak Spanish. It lasted just a short time. You know, when you go out in the, on the... Do you have junk collections down here, Verge collections? They're just cancelling that in our suburb. But anyway, they've had junk collections. So every few months on the Verge, you get all this stuff. And you can almost guarantee, as part of the junk, there will be gym equipment. You ever see that? Ab blasters... Uh, bicycles and all this stuff that someone thought I'm going to start this fitness journey and at some point later they thought I'm not going to continue this fitness journey and it ends up on the verge or at marketplace or something really cheap human beings we're like that we like to start things uh, we have these great visions make great plans but often we don't follow through on these plans that we make our plans and visions somehow get abandoned along the way I wonder if you can look back on your life and identify anything like that. You started something, could have been years ago, you thought, I'm really keen for this, and for some reason, it didn't continue. You stopped. It could be fitness, diet, sport, hobby, language, New Year's resolutions just a few weeks ago. We're good at beginning things. You know, there's a strong theme in Scripture that talks about like this. It says that we have this tendency to start things and not complete them. Uh, it's not just about sports and hobbies. We tend to be like that in our spiritual lives as well. We tend to get all keen to want to start this journey with God and go, go for it. And at some point, something happens that waylays it and it gets sidetracked. So this theme, I think, is in Scripture. So I want to talk about that today from the reading we had. So here's this next one is um, the first verse, Colossians 2.6. So then... Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Can you see the theme in that verse? Can we go to the next one? I don't think I've got the clicker, but let's go to the next one. Uh, Paul assumes you received Christ Jesus as Lord. You began the Christian life some time ago. It's in the past tense. Just as you received him as Lord some time ago, you, uh, the people in Colossae heard the good news about Jesus. They responded. They received Jesus as Lord in the past, some time ago. I wonder if and when that happened for you. Now that you've got memories, hearing the good news somewhere and you made some sort of a response. Church, 
friend, TV, internet. Something happened. You heard this message about Jesus and you made a response. He is Lord. He's come from God. He's lived this amazing life. He's died on the cross for our sins. He's been raised from the dead. He's now seated at the right hand of God. One day he will come again and he'll take charge of the whole universe. He'll be king over all the earth. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay. You know the future of creation is not destruction. It's liberation from its bondage to decay. Everything's in decay. One day creation is going to be liberated and the glory of God is going to fill it completely. You notice the future for the world and for the universe? One day, creation will be brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. This fallen world, this broken universe, we fragile people will come into our inheritance. God's purposes for creation will be fulfilled. They won't be frustrated. One day they'll be fulfilled. The key to that is the resurrection of Jesus. His resurrection, this is the new creation. One day we will experience that resurrection. The new creation will be completely revealed in us and all of creation will then share in it. Creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay and come into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We will stand before him and our works will be judged and we will be rewarded or not. Jesus is Lord of all. I received him as Lord back then, years ago. I knew him as saviour as a child i think i prayed every night i prayed the lord's prayer and i prayed now now i lay me down to sleep every night i read the bible every now and again but in my early 20s it came together i realized jesus was was more than the prayer suggested he was everything he was lord and i had to surrender to him even if imperfectly and that happened a long time ago A new phase of life began. The crisis of faith, of recognising who he was, once that was over, we begin a journey. We begin a journey of walking with him. So we receive Christ Jesus as Lord and then continue to live your life. Literally says walk in him, journey in him. Isn't that what Jesus says in Matthew 7? He says, enter through the narrow gate. That's the start. A gate is the start of a journey. You go through a narrow gate and then there's a path. So you've got a gate and then a path. You've got a crisis point where you enter and then you've got a path to walk. Enter through the narrow gate. Uh, Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. But narrow is the gate, uh, small is the gate and narrow the path that leads to life. That's challenging. But there's a gate that leads to a path there's a crisis there's a receiving of jesus as lord and then there's a process then there's a walking with him on a journey so this problem we see in life that we don't always complete things i think that's in the scriptures it's the same in the spiritual journey the gate is the crisis that's the beginning point the way is the process that's the journey ongoing Both of these are significant for anyone who's going to follow Jesus. There's a gate, you'll have to go through that gate and then you'll have to walk a path. The parable of the sower, there are many seeds sown. The issue of the parable is not whether they germinate, many of them germinate. Do they bear fruit? Many do not bear fruit. 
There are obstacles to bearing fruit, even for the fruit that germinate, even for the plants that germinate. Hot sun, distractions, the fruit doesn't come, uh, the, the plant doesn't come to bear fruit. Most of us can look back and talk about a crisis, something we realised, we had a recognition that Jesus was Lord, we needed to make a decision, needed to surrender him to him, and we started a journey. Since then, we're in a process, we're walking along the road. It's a narrow road. There are challenges on that road. That's how discipleship works. It begins with a crisis, and then, then it, ends, it goes to a process. Jesus speaks of it, Paul speaks of it, Let's see where he goes with it. So the next one, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So walking a narrow path through the gate onto the path. And Paul now uses a, number, a couple of metaphors, ways of describing what's going to happen. What are, what are we trying to do as we walk this pathway? So here's the first metaphor. I traveled a fair bit in Papua New Guinea. And you travel on the rivers in Papua New Guinea and the rivers eat away the side and you realise underneath the tree is this whole structure of roots underneath. Under every tree, they reach downward. That's where they find the water. They find the nutrients. They bring up minerals and other things needed. What is above completely depends on what is below. Our life as a disciple of Jesus depends on what, what we're drawing from. Where are we getting the nutrients from? So, Paul, the metaphor is putting down roots like a tree. That's what we do as we walk the narrow path. We're putting down roots into Christ. Jesus is the soil. We are like a tree, putting down roots and drawing from him what we need to live the Christian life. So if we're going to act like Jesus acts in the world, if we're going to be the people he wants us to be, we have to be deeply rooted in him. We have to be drawing our resources from him. We don't have the resources ourselves to be the people God wants us to be. We have to draw the strength and power from him. We're rooted in the old life, the old life of selfishness. Uh, we're rooted in our culture and our family traditions. They may not all be bad, but it's not the life of Christ. We're rooted in self-centeredness. We need to be uprooted from that and put our roots down into Christ. Depending on him, drawing our nutrients from him, learning and abiding in his word, singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, reflecting on his words, contemplating him in his character and his ways, prayerfully putting down roots, drawing upon his life so that our life would express his life in this world. Some of these things are not individual practices. These are things we can do ourselves. But some of them, you know, Jesus spent time alone. His own life reflected this, drawing on the Father. It's the closet experience. It's the time you spend alone with God, reading scripture, praying. You're putting down roots. But there are things we do together as a church that help us put down roots. When we meet together, we're encouraging one another. We're provoking one another to love and good deeds. Something happens when we're together that can't happen when we're alone. When we're the body, the parts are ministering and connecting with one another. I can't see my blind spots. That's the nature of a blind spot. You can't see it. But other people see our blind spots and this communication and encouraging one another 
helps us overcome our individual blind spots. It takes courage to be open with one another and to be vulnerable enough to let someone speak into my life or to speak into someone else's life. We can't be the church without that, without this sense of mutuality, togetherness. Our roots won't go down deep without the impact and ministry of other people who help us go to maturity. I'm a bit of a gardener. So the last three years we've had this garden, right? So we've turned our suburban block in Perth into a farm, basically. Um, I know that's not just nutrients and water. You have to have air in the soil. You've got to aerate the soil. If the soil has little air in it, plants can't grow. Deep roots, resilient in droughts. Plants with deep roots draw on moisture that's not available to the plants at other times. If the roots are deep, you can get through difficult circumstances. You can go through difficult times. Rooted in him, Paul says. Do not give up meeting together. Encourage one another. We need one another. You know, there's kind of like a pandemic checkout in church. Lots of churches say that lots of people checked out during the pandemic and they've never checked back in. Watching it online is wonderful. That's part of what church is. There's a content to the message you can pick up online, but you can't pick up the face-to-face. You can't pick up the encouragement. You can't pick up the provoking one another to love and good deeds. You, you simply can't do that. And if, you, if, you, if it doesn't happen, you don't come to the maturity that God wants you to. God doesn't do it magically. He does it through his people. He won't do it for us except through one another. That's how God set it up. He set it up. This happens through one another. It's not a magical thing. There is a means of grace one to another that helps us put down roots and go to maturity. But of course, you're the ones here, so I'm preaching to the choir, right? (laughs) Okay, the second metaphor Paul uses, rooted in him, uh, built up in him. This is the image of, it's not actually the foundation, it's the image of what you build on the foundation. Like building a brick wall. Something is established over time. You build something. It's not pre-built. It's not tilt-up walls. It doesn't sort of bang, bang, there it's done. It's brick by brick. One experience after the other. I remember um, there's a missionary went out from our church and uh, she, she was amazed that she got to this place where people would send her into Africa and trust her with the role that she has because she, she had a lot of lack of confidence. But, you know, at youth group, whenever it was said, who will help with the chairs afterwards? She was always the first one with a hand up. Oh, next week we need someone to prepare supper. She was always the first one. Those little acts are like the foundation platform for that wall. Some people want to do the great thing straight away. They want to build and say, I want to do something significant. But they don't want to start at the ground level. I think the, the, the building up in Christ... You can't build the wall, the tenth layer. You've got to build it one layer at a time, one brick at a time. Faithfulness over the long term in small things leads us to grow into places where we can do more for God uh, in this world. He builds on our experiences, our encounters, the challenges we face. To the one who has, more shall be given. To the one who has the brick laid, another brick will be laid. But if that first brick is not laid, you can't lay the next brick. 
They're built one brick at a time. It's not fast, it's steady. Being strengthened in the faith, laying upon the foundation. And overflowing with thankfulness, Paul says. That's like an attitudinal thing. Not grumpy, not bitter, thankful. These things build us up on the journey. We're on this journey, we're being rooted in Christ, we're being built up in him. We grow into the people God wants us to be. Now, in the, in the journey in Colossians, Paul then talks about a specific problem they have on this journey. So he says, beware, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe and not according to Christ. So on this journey, we're, developed, we're being rooted in Christ, we're, we're, the foundation is being laid of our character in order that we might serve him. But there's dangers along the way. Paul talks here about um, ways of thinking, philosophy and empty deceit. And in Colossae, there was a specific one they had to deal with. So these verses which we read, this is the specific problem they faced. I'm not sure it's the same problem we face, but we need to know there are specific problems. He said this, In him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have come to fullness in him who is the head of every ruler and authority. This is really, he's saying this to say, don't, don't get tricked by other philosophies. Let me give you the substance of what, who Christ is. Christ is the head of every ruler and authority. In him you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And when you, when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with Christ when he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them through it. This is the belief that they had. So in Colossae, there was a specific heresy, if you like, now, I'm using the word, it's not complete Gnosticism, but pre-Gnosticism. People know what that means. The basic idea is this. God is up the top. He is so far removed from us that we cannot possibly reach him. So they have the one, often they might call it the father, separate completely from us down the bottom. He's human beings. Totally separate. You can never bridge that gap. What has happened, though, there are a series of beings who are slightly less holy than God, slightly more like us, a descending hierarchy, less holy, less powerful, less wise, less, less knowing. They call this the pleroma, which is a Greek word. Okay, That becomes significant. So there's a, there's a descending hierarchy of beings coming from God in heaven down to us. Can you see there's, there's a lot of distance between us and God? Okay, so their view was... How do you get back up that hierarchy? How could you reach God? Well, thankfully, there are, is a divine spark in us. And so you go one at a time. You find the level of knowledge to reach the next level, the next level, the next level. And you were introduced to spiritual realities as you did that. So Gnosticism is about this process of learning more things, secret knowledge. And eventually, you would kind of reach this place where you would also be in a spiritual reality. But it's through many, many levels and steps and secret knowledge and all this stuff. You would eventually get there. That's what they believed. 
Paul speaks directly into that. This is what he says. Next one. He says, They may have the knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So all of those things that are descending, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the, the holiness and all that stuff, Paul says, there is no hierarchy of beings. Jesus is all of those things. Everything, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, it's all in him. Verse 9, for in him, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. They thought you couldn't possibly, God could not possibly come down into material world. He couldn't possibly interact with us. He's too holy. Now, there's something right about that, okay? But they had this descending hierarchy. You could not possibly bridge this gap. Paul says, in him, that is in Jesus, the whole fullness, that's that word pleroma represented by all this, it's in Christ. So you don't need that hierarchy. In Jesus, you have it all. You have God, divinity, in a human body. Jesus has come. He is, the, he is God. And he has come to us in a human body, accessible to us. We've seen him, we've touched him, we've known him, John says. You have come to fullness in him. That big hierarchy that they thought you had to achieve to get to God, to achieve salvation... It's all in Jesus. That's what Paul was saying to the Colossians. Now, I don't think we think that, but can you imagine that people say, well, you need this special step and that special step and you've got to do this practice and then you, you can't smoke or drink or you can't do all, all... There are all these things that you have to achieve in order to get there. And Paul says, everything is in the person of Jesus. His death, his rising, he's done it all. The gap between heaven and earth has been crossed by Jesus. It's been crossed this way from him to us. And as risen, he's going to come back. Uh, and the fullness of, of God, we will, be, we will join him. We'll be one with him. That's the struggle they were facing. Into that, Paul says, the fullness is in Christ. You have fullness in him. The gap between heaven and earth is completely broken down in Jesus. In fact, we have God with us. Let me sum up. The Christian life has a beginning. There's a crisis. There's a decision. There's an accepting of Jesus as Lord. And it's ongoing. There's a crisis followed by a process. We have to walk out the journey. Secondly, Jesus gives us all we need. Be rooted and grounded in him. Put down your roots. Lay the foundations in him. To do this, there are personal and corporate practices that will help us put down roots and lay, build on foundations with him. Every generation has its temptations and its sidetracks that take us away from the sufficiency of Christ. For them, it was their kind of Gnostic idea that God was so far away and you had to have all these steps to get there. I wonder what it is for us. Maybe the same thing. Maybe we, we, we can't possibly believe that Jesus is all you need. That in trusting him, salvation is achieved.
that God has actually come to us, that we can have the connection with God that we couldn't have before. One thing I think that our generation has to face is self-fulfillment. You know, the Bible is about self-denial and we have a society advertising that says it's all about you. It's about your fulfillment. You're worth it. You're the most important person in the world. We're constantly bombarded with these messages. What does Jesus say? Forget about that. Lose your life. Find your life. Put your roots down in me. That's where the life is. You will have the life as you put down your life in me. Put down your roots in me. Be grounded and built up in me. Life is actually found by letting go of letting go of fulfilling yourself. Be fulfilled in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you that in giving us Jesus, you gave us everything. The fullness of God bodily. That we can have access, complete access to you, to your grace, to your mercy, to your power, to your strength, to your goodness. Just as we received Jesus as Lord, may we continue to walk in him. Lord, help us put down deep roots. Help us build solid foundations that our lives would reflect the nature of Christ in this world. Lead us from this point, Lord. Help us in our personal practices. Help us minister to one another. Lead us by your grace. Thank you that all things are in him, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we have come to fullness in him. Give us a new vision, Lord, to live for him, to live in him, to live in this world as a follower of Christ. In Jesus' name.